Hello everyone, I'm Sheriff Tony. Welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Today we have two outstanding guests participating on today's show. I'm so excited to have them on. Uh, one's an employee here, long-term veteran, who's been with the organization now for just a minor 30 years. Judy Colwells uh, works and leads up our employee assistant program. Today we're gonna be talking about mental health care, things that happens here in the organization, as well as diff different tips and things that this community can benefit from. You know, right now we're still battling through COVID-19. There's a lot of different pressures that are impacting the community. And we thought it'd be important to talk about what type of services are available, as well as talking about what we're doing here in the agency. And then she's also accompanied by bringing in one of her colleagues, rock star, Bailey Schumann, um, works over uh, through NSU as a clinical psychologist, student, doctorate student, highly uh, competent, a lot of experience, been with the organization for quite some time, partnered up with Judy. She's gonna give us some insight on different things that we can also do as she, too, has worked in the law enforcement field to a certain degree, uh, working with different law enforcement organizations here in South, in South Florida, providing things such as mental health care counseling, project planning, and anything that she can do to help support our first responders. So without further ado, what I'd like to uh, kick off is by allowing Judy, our, our Jedi Knight here of 30 years of experience, to talk a little bit about her goals, her objectives, what she do here in the organization, and why is it important for the community to understand about the type of services we're gonna talk about? Hi, Sheriff, thanks. Um, as the uh, season of the um, COVID continues with uh, many stressors, it kind of has brought to light um, the uh, additional stressors of the holidays. So we find that um, our employees, as well as many folks are experiencing um, challenges of managing their uh, mental health and um, trying to provide for their families concurrently. Uh, we also find that uh, many of our employees um, find that there's, you know, additionally the challenges with, you know, the social um, political unrest that seem to take a toll as well as among the stressors. So I already kind of talked to the audience and said, hey, you know, Judy's been here for 30 years. In your 30 years of experience with the agency, what are some of the things that we, if a day-to-day -day with Judy, like what are you doing internally with the agency and how does that overlap into what we're doing or what we're trying to accomplish with educating the community? So what do you do on a daily basis? Well, we try to provide um, information, education, and referrals to um, individuals looking for resources to improve or enhance um, their current life situation. Um, occasionally people have crises. Um, we also find that People um, are not aware of uh, resources that are right under their, um, <clears throat> in their back door, if you will, uh, in their backyard. So trying to help people get hooked up with services and provide them a mechanism to um, stay connected with the agency as well as their families. Well, you know, one of the core things that you two can attest to uh, when it comes to first responders is the culture that we have amongst law enforcement and fire rescue uh, even in our dispatchers, we, we witness to a certain degree some of the most horrific type of events that we could imagine from car accidents to forms of violence, and that takes its toll amongst us as first responders. Uh, what is the biggest you know, drawback that you see in terms of getting first responders to reach out to you? You know, from my experience working with law enforcement agencies, I think stigma is a huge barrier, right? That 
idea that having any mental health um, concern is a sign of weakness. And also having culturally informed clinicians, right? Those who understand the culture, understand the unique stresses of law enforcement. And you know, half of your time with that clinician is not spent describing the unique challenges of the job, such as shift work or, um, you know, dealing with with the worst days in the community. You know, you're not responding to, to positive events. You're getting called out to help eliminate somebody's potential emergency. Yeah, I think you bring a, a very good perspective on what we're talking about today, and you already touched on it, about how difficult it is for us as first responders, for myself as an administrator, to find the perfect cross-section of how much practical experience do we have in terms of our mental health care professionals who are providing guidance to our personnel, along with the educational background. So you're apparently um, on your way uh, to completing your doctorate degree, but what are you doing to gather that experience? Like, how are you bringing it in? We talked a little bit about some of the organizations you've been kind of working with. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you? So specifically, I've done things like engaging in ride-alongs, right? Understanding what a day looks like for law enforcement, what stressors they're faced with. Um, I think we can see it all on TV, but it's very sure. different being in person, in the nitty gritty, and getting your hands dirty with them, right? The other piece to that is providing education, um, becoming a familiar face. You know, as psychologists or mental health practitioners, we don't want to be that scary face behind the desk or, you know, right. the, the shrink, the, That's right. the forbidden entity, right? So having your face out there, building those relationships, discussing openly topics about mental health. Um, you know, some of the feedback that I've received is, you know, it's very relatable. You, you get what's going on. And by investing the time in that culture, I think you can foster that relationship. Yeah, trust is important. It, you know, as Absolutely. a law enforcement officer, uh, I can speak from my years in training and communicating with the civilian population. We have a hard time opening ourselves up to people who don't wear the uniform. Uh, and that's a, a, a cultural thing. It takes time, but it's also your responsibility uh, for you all who are in this field to gain that trust and be sympathetic to what's occurring and going on. You know, right now, we're coming into the holiday season. <clears throat> and for every holiday season, it places an enormous burden on the public. Uh, people, especially now COVID-19, people are trying to figure out uh, how do they put food on the table while managing the expectations to buy family gifts and kids and things of those natures, and they're still losing jobs. Uh, here at BSO, we're fortunate to have access to you all, so our staff can reach out to you and communicate. But what are some of those common stressors during this time of year uh, that are really unique to the holiday season or so. And, you know, what are some of the things we can probably recommend to the community in terms of actions they can take to help cut down on those stressors? Well, maintaining um, <clears throat> healthy lifestyles in terms of your routine, it's important to um, recognize uh, what issues and things you have control over and letting go of um, a number of expectations or um, perceptions that you have to have a perfect holiday or do things perfectly. Um, we also find that sometimes because of the, the COVID and the physical distance, people sometimes feel um, 
disengaged, so still maintaining a sense of connectedness with family and friends, even if it's done in a virtual kind of way. Um, and one of the other things we recommend is to limit your um, news exposure, um, because sometimes the uh, negativity that is you know projected can have an adverse impact on your sense of well-being. So Judy, let me expand on one thing here that you talked about. You said the importance of maintaining you know, a healthy lifestyle. And I want you to expand on that because in today's world, health has so many different complex meanings. Are we talking about fitness? Are we talking about diet? Are we talking about... So when you think of a healthy lifestyle, what, what are some of the things that come out barely as well uh, to either one of you that are important for the community? You know, I, I think it encompasses all of that. You know, what we eat, um, our exercise, our, even our routine, something as simple as uh, maintaining a routine, right? We know mm -hmm. that provides stability and structure for people, especially in a time, as Judy had mentioned, with COVID, where there's a lot of uncertainty, potentially an increased, you know, experience of anxiety for a lot of individuals. Um, the other aspect to that is, you know, engaging in exercise. We know that exercise provides um, a great protective factor against a lot of emotional um, disturbances or emotional problems and engaging in exercise, especially if that's something you consistently do, can provide a great outlet. I've heard several people say, you know, exercise is therapy for me. Right. right? Look, it, it's most certainly been therapy for me. <laughs> and I, I thank God I have that level of therapy. I go downstairs, I spend a lot of time in the, in the gym box, do all the things to kind of decompress. Uh, so I'm glad I have the, that opportunity. But maybe not everyone have access to a gym. Is there anything you would recommend that they can do uh, to try to maintain that type of healthy lifestyle from home? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen an increase in at-home programs that are for free even on the Internet, you know, and engaging in any sort of form of exercise, yoga, meditation, um, even if that's going for walks a few times a week. You know, we know those have proven benefits. For mental health. Just get out and move, do something. Yeah. Yeah. So Judy, let me ask you that. So a question I have for you, and it's really driven by experiences. Holiday season, unfortunately, uh, really puts so much stress on people that we typically see an uh, increase in suicides. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you all recognize in your experiences uh, that would be an indicator or signs to watch for that would be indicative that someone may perhaps be considering committing suicide? Well, usually there's uh, perhaps a series of behaviors that, <clears throat> like changes in their behavior or their personality um, or significant changes in mood. Um, we've seen people engage in more um, risky behavior, um, and sometimes they manage their distress with uh, large consumptions of substances, especially alcohol. Um, or we find people isolating and withdrawing and not uh, engaging in their normal um even work relationships. And of course, you know, if somebody has had a plan for, to hurt themselves um, or to kill themselves, and, um, and it, we've also seen situations where people have given away prized possessions, um, those are indicators. Those are very good signs uh, to identify. And if a family member are witnessing these type of uh, behavior patterns, uh, you know, how, how does that discussion take place? You know, what are some of the things that I could do if I recognize that, I don't you know, a family member were exhibiting signs that 
was alarming. Do I interview them? Do I talk to them? What do you, what's the best path forward to make sure you're protecting your family? We encourage people to ask directly about it. So if you are observing any of these changes in behavior or giving away possessions or changes in mood, if I'm seeing that going on with an individual, you know, inquire about what's going on in their life. Um, watch out for any verbal cues. Um, even if it's subtle, you know, something like, you know, I just wonder what it would be like to not wake up or what's the point anymore. Any statement that indicates hopelessness, right? Hopelessness is sure. a big key um, factor in these things. So if anybody's indicating or making statements of that nature, clarify what their meaning behind that statement is. And always feel free to ask, you know, are you thinking of killing yourself or are you thinking of ending your life? We encourage that direct prompt rather than something maybe more ambiguous, like, are you thinking of hurting yourself? Because you want a direct answer to that direct question. Yeah, sure, it makes sense to me that that's one of the times you need to be as forward and as direct as you can, yeah. uh, because the sensitivity of you dealing with someone maybe willing to take their life. You know, but what if you're, I'm curious, if you're an individual and you're listening to this podcast today, and you're like, okay, I got Sheriff Tony, I got Judy, Billy on, and I feel like I need to reach out. I know I have these internal demons I'm fighting right now. I'm contemplating suicide. What actions could the individual take? There's a, the National Suicide Helpline, um, which is 1-800-273-8255. Um, there's also, um, you know, uh, SAMHSA has a national uh, helpline as well. Um, it's open 24-7, um, 365 days a week. Um, people have also utilized apps as a way to, you know, help manage. Obviously, that's not in a crisis situation, um, but, you know, calling 911 sure. if somebody's actively, you know, um, in crisis is also available. Great. Now, as far as resources, you know, we put some very good content out just now over the radio, letting people know where uh, they can resort to. Uh, I always try to keep in mind that also my staff is listening, right? So my deputies, my firefighters, my civilians, uh, so I'll go back to what are some of the resources we have internally available uh, for sake of perhaps one of our own uh, need to make that phone call or reach out today. Any of the contact information we can put out? Well, the EAP is available, um, and the two part-time psychologists that are directly available as well, um, access for free for all employees and their family members. Um, and then we also have mental health resources available through our Aetna um, insurance benefits. And Judy, you know, you brought up our two mental health care uh, counselors or specialists we currently have, our clinical psychologists, and that was part of a recent grant program that we had pursued, or is this more of the longstanding one that this you're is referencing? Long, yeah, this is longstanding. Okay, yes. great. The other resource that I wanted to mention that you know, I've had the wonderful opportunity to collaborate with Judy on is building a peer support program within the agency. Um, so let's say you might have some hesitation about reaching out or unsure what that would look like, or maybe even just need somebody, a, a shoulder to lean on for the moment being, you know, reaching out to that peer support program who are trained peer support personnel to assist in times of need. That's important, and it also opens up the willingness from employees to talk to their own or at least those who understand the type of uh, issues that they've been dealing with. 
Well, look, ladies, I, I tell you, uh, I'm so glad you all came on. It, it's a rarity that we get a chance to bring in our personnel in the civilian world that's actually really doing a great deed of service for our community and for our first responders. Uh, I know uh, in my own career there has been numerous times that I have experienced things that were traumatic and seeing all these hardships, and it's important to have those peer support groups. It's important to have the EAP and personnel that you can reach out, you can call, you can decompress and remind yourself that you're human and it's okay, it's normal, it's to be expected, uh, and that you don't have to wear the facade and guard that I'm a cop, I'm a police officer, therefore I'm invincible. So look, I thank you both for joining me today on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Uh, we had a great conversation. I'm sure we'll have you back. For all our viewers, thank you for sticking with us. Again, thank you all for joining us on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double, it's me. Uh, you can also subscribe to podcasts so that you can get all the alerts for every single new episode. We'll have more coming your way. So stay safe, be humble, and love somebody just a little bit more than you love yourself. Sheriff Tony signing off.